Hello, and welcome to Digital Marketing Musings, hosted by Merkel. Each episode, we choose a different expert to share the latest and greatest in digital marketing trends. Today, we're interviewing Melissa Riley and Rachel Monfrey about the 2022 Q3 Performance Media Report and Media Insights Report. All right, let's get to it. I'm Gaia Reed. And I'm Andrea McCartney. And this is Digital Marketing Musings. Welcome back to Digital Marketing Musings Season 2. Today, we're joined by Melissa and Rachel to talk about the Q3 Performance Media Report and Media Insights Report. Melissa is an Associate Director of Marketing Communications at Merkle. She's been in performance marketing for over 12 years, managing paid search accounts at Merkle primarily in the retail vertical. As a director on the Merkle Digital Strategy Team, Rachel works with clients across tech, financial services, nonprofit, and retail verticals to build audience narratives and multi-platform engagement strategies. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So we're starting out looking at the Performance Media Report. Melissa, what are some of the high-level findings from our recent advertiser survey data that uh, were a continuation of kind of some of the existing trends we've been seeing in previous quarters? Um, so ad spend growth was a big one. Uh, we saw that, continued to see that across basically all paid performance media channels. So that includes search, programmatic, video, paid social, and marketplaces. And this is something that we've seen for the past several years. Um, in some cases, that overall ad spend growth was from really high CPC and CPM growth. Um, and in some cases, it was from higher traffic. But this time, the growth was actually from a combination of the two. Um, so that was an interesting call out. Beyond that, video was another area where some um, pre-existing trends sort of continued. Um, spend on video increased year over year for 65% of our um, survey respondents, which places it above all of the other channels that we surveyed about um, in terms of how many people saw growth there. And as you probably remember, um, I think we've talked about this on previous episodes, but in 2020, video really accelerated a lot during the pandemic, um, particularly in the streaming space as people were spending more time at home. And two years later, we're seeing that it's still going strong. So we did find that advertisers are still trying to figure out how to approach their overall video strategy, though, with 43% of respondents saying that they were um, try still trying to figure out CTV, uh, that's connected TV, sorry, over the top or OTT, YouTube and online video. Um, so that was one of their top two priorities for display and paid social. So even though this this area is an important part of marketers overall um, media plans or media mixes, um, they're still trying to figure out exactly which video channels to use and how to use them appropriately. So um, I'd say those are the two key areas that really stood out to me as a continuation of trends that we had seen um, leading up to this point. So now this is making me wonder, what are some new trends or things that we're seeing become a top priority for marketers? So in terms of priorities, uh, one thing that I was excited to see from the data is that organizations are looking outside of more traditional media channels. So we saw that 64% of marketers are prioritizing creative and analytics and measurement more than they did last year, which, you know, as as people in the space, I think we probably all, all recognize that those are some of the unsung heroes of performance mm -hmm. media and that they're like really foundational to having great media campaigns, but they sometimes might 
be under the radar a little bit because they're not like direct response paid channels themselves, but they both play really critical roles. So I thought that was good to see that organizations are recognizing that and prioritizing those areas. And then machine learning and automation have also become priorities for brands. 79% of respondents said that they have been taking some action toward figuring out their approach to machine learning and automation. One really interesting note, organizations that had a higher priority on paid media channels year over year were more likely to be prioritizing machine learning and automation as well. Um, and so that made me sort of think like it could be that, you know, machine learning and automation really help to optimize paid media channels. And so with some of the conditions that we're seeing with increased CPC, increased CPM, um, I wonder if those folks that are really prioritizing paid media channels are also turning increasingly to automation and machine learning to um, to be able to optimize those channels. And then within machine learning and automation, I was really excited to see that brands are prioritizing um, or concerned with being ethical and responsible with their machine learning. Um, I wasn't necessarily expecting to see that because it's like a little bit of a newer concept for people, ethical AI. But after seeing the results, it it makes a lot of sense to me because it's kind of this idea of incorporating diversity, equity, and inclusion into everything about the business and not just hiring practices, supplier relationships, things like that. Um, And that's definitely something that we've seen consumers ask for from the brands that they engage with, um, transparency, equity, and more like clear value alignment with with what the business is about and what the consumer wants. So um, that was really nice to see in the data. Definitely makes sense to me that as there are more machine learning and AI capabilities in a lot of the platforms that you know paid media marketers are are working in day in and day out, that they're naturally going to take advantage of a lot of those tools. But then kind of working with these like black box systems demanding more transparency about what's actually happening on the back end. Yeah, definitely. So we are, we're definitely on to year three of, of really talking, you know, extensively around consumer privacy, at least here in, in the U.S., um, across our, you know, traditional mainstream advertisers around the topics of, you know, GDPR, CCPA, the third-party Google deprecation of, of the third-party cookie Apple iOS updates, you know, taking out some some data accessibility. So across both of these reports, how are we seeing that brands are are currently doing and in, in responding to these both impending and already existing privacy initiatives? And as a plug here too for Google's third party cookie deprecation, there are, there are two episodes kind of early on in in our show, talking extensively on this topic that listeners should definitely go back and and listen to if they haven't already. Yeah. um, So from the survey from the um, Performance Media Report, we saw that 24% of organizations are still early in their privacy journeys. So that means they responded either um, they weren't concerned with it at this time, or they've started talking about it, but haven't taken action, or they are just beginning to take action. So that really surprised me. Um, I thought that number would be much lower given all of the things that you called out. Like this isn't like it's a pretty robust issue, I guess, for 
um, for the marketing industry. So um, I'm curious to see how this plays out. Like next time we survey around the same question, I'd be willing to bet that the number of people in the early stages at that point will be much lower. But who knows? <laughs> I was expecting it to be lower this time around too. So uh, something else we did see that is that even if brands are still figuring it out, they're still recognizing privacy as a priority. 45% of survey respondents cited getting accurate reporting in the face of privacy regulations and tracking changes as a top two focus in um, their measurement uh, capabilities. And 43% said that targeting users effectively in the face of new privacy regulations and tracking changes is a top two priority in display and paid social. So, um, so everyone's definitely thinking about privacy and what needs to happen, but I think some are still just trying to wrap their heads around how to adapt their particular business and way of doing things to accommodate all of the privacy changes. Privacy is a really complicated topic and a very important one to understand from the brand or advertiser's perspective, but also from the consumer's perspective. Um, privacy laws and regulations and tracking limitations are already in effect and are changing the digital media landscape. And two of those big pieces, like Melissa referenced, are that targeting and measurement. Uh, so a couple things to think about. Facebook and Google are reportedly working on alternative targeting options that don't involve personal data. And we expect others to follow suit. Uh, from the consumer side, um, the majority of consumers, uh, our research found that 86% agree that data privacy is a growing concern. So, for example, only 18% of Apple users in the U.S. opt into ad tracking. I know I recently had to reset my phone and I got the option to opt in or opt out and I opted out. Um, so thinking about different ways to encourage consumers to share their data, it's, it's really important to offer some sort of value exchange there. Um, that being said, digital advertisers are the least trusted with customer data. Uh, so it's a really important balance to strike. So a few things to consider to, to ease this, being transparent about what info is being collected and why highlight the benefits to the consumer of why you're collecting that information, and then try to offer some sort of tangible reward or incentive. Great advice, Rachel. And for any advertisers listening in, sitting at home, uh, saying, what are some things that we could be doing to prepare on, on our privacy strategy? We're adding a, an additional plug again for those cookie list feature episodes and some of the previous media insights reports, uh, we also talked a little bit more about this at length. Yeah. And so I just wanted to shift gears to another area that caught my attention um, for both reports. And that's basically the idea that a lot has changed over the past couple of years in terms of consumer behavior, new norms of the pandemic, lockdowns, reopening. We've all lived it. What are some other shifts in behavior and adoption that we're continuing to see from consumers and brands? So from the survey, we didn't get to ask about specific changes that were happening, but I can confirm that organizations are definitely feeling forever changed by the pandemic. 86% um, of uh, people that responded to our survey agreed that some of the ways their organizations interact with customers have permanently changed due to COVID-19. So beyond convenience and brand loyalty and things like that, I think consumers are starting to more carefully consider the brands they engage with and whether those companies 
stood for the same values as them. So kind of like what we were talking about um, before with ethical AI and consumers are demanding a little bit more transparency with who they're giving their dollars to. And then, you know, with privacy, DEI efforts and all that, I think consumers are really looking to be engaged with as whole humans, um, not just thought of as like a record in a CRM database. So there's this element of wanting really authentic experiences coming out of um, the pandemic in addition to the things like convenience and brand loyalty and things like that. We also saw COVID have a huge impact on the use of QR codes. A lot of people started using them out of necessity to help facilitate contactless touch points. I remember teaching my parents how to scan a QR code on their phones early on <laughs> in the pandemic. Um, so started yeah. out small and QR codes aren't new by any means, um, not new technology. Um, they've been around for a while, but I never really noticed them at all until we started this edition of the Media Insights Report. Now I'm noticing QR codes everywhere from brands across all different industries. So the report highlights some of the really cool examples um, that brands are, how they're engaging with QR codes, how they're uh, incorporating them into their advertising. So for example, Coinbase's Super Bowl ad, for anyone that didn't see it, it was a QR code that kind of bounced around the screen that you could scan and then bring you to a landing page. Paramount Plus did something really cool in Austin where using drones, they projected a QR code into the sky for people to scan. Uh, so people are getting really creative, very attention grabbing. And we decided to use it too. So if you open the Media Insights Report in the QR code section, you can actually scan a QR code on each slide and you can hear the author of that section uh, having a voiceover of um, a little extra input on what's on each of the slides. That's so That's cute. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it definitely doesn't surprise me a lot of these these ways that advertisers are using QR codes to like stand out even more from the crowd because when when everyone's using it, it's it's no longer special and you have to find like some extra way to make it stand out. Definitely. And then another consumer behavior, like a big influence on consumer behavior, not necessarily from the pandemic, but um, I know inflation is really top of mind for a lot of consumers and marketers these days. Um, so I did want to touch on that um, since we did ask about it in the survey as well. And similar to the levels that we saw with the COVID experience question, 85% um, of survey respondents um, said they were concerned about how inflation and other macroeconomic factors will impact them for the rest of the year. Year. Um, so I think we're starting to see this in, um, in the news. Um, I saw something about apparel uh, the other day um, and maybe potentially other like more discretionary categories like that um, are probably feeling the impacts. Um, but as far as shifts in actual behavior from it, I think that brands need to really look more granularly to understand what's happening for their own audiences with inflation. I know we've got whatever the rate is now for the country, 8% inflation, something like that um, universally, but the impact that has on an actual person's behavior is going to vary pretty dramatically based on their individual like resilience level. So their household income, their cost of living, their stage of life, things like that. So, and of course, like I mentioned, I think we'll see that play out differently um, depending on the industry, but I know that's a big shift in consumer behavior or a big factor that's causing shifts in consumer behavior. That's really relevant to marketers right now. Yeah. It's hard to find any client that is not being <laughs> impacted by inflation in some way, shape, or form. And we have a, an episode, a few back in our series, 
talking about inflation, um, at least from a loyalty perspective and how to think about it. So Rachel, uh, last year around this time, you know, we had dedicated an, an episode around travel updates really after the, the first round of vaccine availability for, for everyone in the U.S. with travel having seen a resurgence, particularly for local and domestic trips this summer, 2022, with everyone, you know, trying to have a hot girl summer. What is the latest update on trends that we're seeing in the travel space heading into the the second half of this year? Well, anecdotally, it seems like everyone I know is on vacation right now and not domestically. Everyone is in France, Italy, Greece, and Portugal somehow right now. Um, I've also seen a lot of people posting about the long lines at airports. So people aren't just hitting the road for road trips um, within the U.S., but they are out and about uh, making up for lost time for sure. So it's really interesting to consider the travel industry, it has impacts across industries, and it's also impacted by a lot of different outside influences. So COVID-19 for sure, gas prices, economic outlook, politics, inflation, like Melissa was mentioning, all of these impact how people feel about travel, but also their ability to travel from a, a price standpoint, a safety standpoint. So a lot of different things to consider, but it, from what I'm seeing and what our report shows that these are not um, stopping people. Travelers across all age groups are expected to travel this summer. And one survey found that 65% of respondents are planning to, and use air quotes, go big on their next trip. So that explains Greece, Portugal, Italy, France with everyone. And so while those travel prices are high, all of those different outside influencers that I mentioned, and those might impact some travelers, 61% say that travel is a really high priority item to include in their budget. So all this is really good news for advertisers. The increased intent to travel creates a great opportunity for advertisers. Travelers are often seeking inspiration through research across the web and social media, meaning um, there are a lot of opportunities for both endemic and non-endemic brands to reach in-market audiences throughout every stage of the consumer's travel journey. We see some really cool examples of this across industries. So for example, a travel credit card used language around turning your grocery shopping into island topping. So talking about earning points from your day-to-day expenses to be able to book that vacation, that go big hot girl summer vacation. We've seen partnerships between... um, hotels and um, insurance companies um, partnering to offer extraordinary experiences with the added protection of travel insurance. Um, And then we saw a a great one too from Audible um, who partnered with TripAdvisor to offer free listening for your next trip. So a lot of different opportunities, like I said, for both travel and non-travel brands to, to tap into this. Very cool. I have to say, I love the Audible TripAdvisor example you just provided. Like, I imagine Audible probably saw a pretty good bump during the pandemic and for them to be able to continue to stay relevant in, in with the consumer mindset. Big props to them and TripAdvisor as well, of course. So just a quick follow-up, I did want to ask around, do we see inflation affecting travel prices, particularly gas or, or worker shortages? Do we see any like implications with that? We've definitely seen a 
big spike in uh, flight prices. And then I think everyone has definitely noticed prices at the gas station have gone way up. So um, like I said, it's it's not expected to impact um, most people's travel decisions. They will still try to figure out how to work travel into their budgets. But like Melissa was saying before, inflation impacts different people differently. So um, for some, it might be a little cost prohibitive. Makes sense. Makes sense. Cool. So as we're kind of shifting towards the end of our episode, Rachel, Melissa, any main takeaways or anything else you want our listeners to walk away thinking about after listening to the episode? Um, I think just recognizing that marketing decisions really need to incorporate both the hard KPI trends that we were talking about. So like the spend, the clicks, things like that, but also the societal trends that we've talked about. So pieces like inflation and privacy definitely present performance challenges for marketers. um, But if thought about correctly, you can, it can also help to inspire innovation and build stronger connections with consumers. So for example, when you see something like record inflation, um, the initial reaction as a marketer might be, oh no, doom and gloom. Like People aren't going to have as much discretionary income to be able to spend with my brand. Um, But instead, maybe thinking about like, okay, how can I change my value add or my messaging or my creative to recognize what consumers are going through, talk to them in a relevant way, and, you know, still build those brand connections um, just in a way that's maybe a little bit different than if we weren't experiencing um, quite as high inflation. So yeah, I think just thinking about society, what's happening to your consumers and the paid media dynamics when you're making marketing decisions is the main takeaway for me. Great advice. I don't think I have anything to add on top of that. That perfectly summed up this quarter's <laughs> reports. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, Melissa, Rachel, thank you again for joining us today. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you both on and looking forward to the next uh, reports as you share more about what's happening in the digital landscape. Thanks again for having us. We're uh, kicking off our Q4 report this week, so definitely stay tuned. Very cool. That brings us to the end of this episode of Digital Marketing Musings. If you have an idea for an episode for the remainder of our 2022 season, we would love to hear about it. Just drop us a note at digitalmarketingmusings at merklink.com. And of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, rate and review us, as well as tell a friend about the show. All of this helps others find our show in here and learn more. This episode was produced by Merkel with sound and video editing by Craig Zagurski. Our team includes copywriting by Annika Schliesman, graphic design by Garrett Rubel, website support by Drew Flowerday, and social media and promotion by Gina Astra and Andrea Ratner. Until next time, I'm Andrea McCartney. And I'm Gaia Reed. Bye.